We are making nutrition way too complicated. I've said it a million times. And counting your macros is just one more way to reinforce negative relationships with food, wasting time obsessing and thinking about food, and ultimately takes you away from living your best life because you're spending too much time thinking about what to eat. Eat colors. Stop worrying about your calories. When you eat five colors in every meal, I promise you, you will not need to be worried about how many calories you're consuming or weighing and measuring your fat, protein, and carbs. It's Evie here. Welcome to EML Radio, where we are always talking truth. All of those things you need to hear that nobody else is willing to say. Hello. Welcome back to EML Radio. Today, we're going to talk about counting macros, whether you should do it, who it's appropriate for, who it's not appropriate for, and really kind of break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of this whole new, well, it's not so new now, but this current kind of nutrition craze. Everybody's doing it. You see it everywhere. There are now all sorts of apps available to you that'll help you figure out your macros. And it's an area that I get a lot of questions about. So I figured we're going to break it down together. Just so you know, I have a really deep knowledge and personal experience, both with myself and working with clients and utilizing macro-based nutrition models. So this isn't just kind of in theory. This is things that I've actually personally experienced and then also things I've personally witnessed with a wide variety of clients. So first of all, for those of you, I think most everybody is familiar with what it means to count your macros, but for those of you that may not, You might be living under a rock if you have not heard of counting macros, but let's just make sure everybody knows what it means. So counting your macros is basically you using a certain percentage of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins to comprise your diet where you're breaking down a specific percentage of each. And most of the time that is just based on your goals, your current body fat levels, and your activity. And we're going to kind of talk about kind of at the end why those are pretty flawed factors to be isolating when you're trying to kind of figure out what the best diet is for you. So let's just start with the good, though, because there's a lot of benefits to counting your macros and eating as strict as a weigh and measure type diet does for you. So let's just get this out there. It works most of the time. You'll have success with it. But That's not going to be sustainable, and we'll get into that. So the good thing is, number one good thing is it works for a lot of people. The bigger question is, how long is it going to work for you, and when does it stop working? So it does work. It'll produce some results in the short term for sure. The probably number one thing that I love about counting your macros is simply building awareness around what you eat, how much you eat, and how different foods make you feel. 
So really, that's kind of the only thing I really like about it, to be honest with you, short of athletes or bodybuilders or people that need to be that strict with their diet, which just isn't most people. So it's good for people with very, very high reaching specific goals like athletes, which probably isn't most of you that are listening. And it really does provide some good learning, though. So back up to, you know, my owning and running my coaching facility for over a decade, I used it with some people and I used it simply as a tool. I used it as a learning tool because the reality is most people have no freaking clue about what they're eating and why they're eating it and the way fat makes them feel versus carbs make them feel. And then also, and this one's a big deal, guys, nobody is eating enough protein. So when I worked with clients one-on-one in that, well, one-on-one was probably about a six-year period. In that six-year period, I worked with a shit ton of people. And I will tell you that only one, one person out of all of those clients was ever consuming adequate amounts of protein. (laughs) So it's safe to bet that you're one of that 99.9% that isn't eating enough protein. So I love to have people keep track of, especially just their protein. I encourage people to do it this last week in our EML Facebook group to use it as a learning tool. So there is value in keeping track of what you're consuming, but the value is in the learning and not in the practice that you have to continue that. So the good side, it builds awareness. It helps you learn about the way food makes you feel, but that's about it. And it will work but it won't work forever. And I guarantee you won't be able to stick with it forever. But if you do it, you can do it for about my recommendation is not more than two weeks. And my recommendation is if you've ever had an eating disorder, you don't ever do that. That was the number one question I always ask people when we first sat down to discuss their nutrition one on one is you got to be honest with me. Have you struggled with any kind of eating disorder in your past? And if the answer was yes, then never would I have those people count their food. It just reinforces a really unhealthy, dangerous relationship with food. So if you suffer from an eating disorder, don't ever even play around with it. That doesn't mean that you can't be more aware of the food you're eating. I just don't recommend you tracking it on a daily basis, like with any kind of like MyFitnessPal or Fat Secret or all the other macro counting or calorie counting apps that are out there. So for the good, that pretty much sums it up. You can just learn from it, but that's about it. So let's talk about the bad. The bad is deep. (laughs) Just from a practical standpoint. Do you want to have to weigh and measure your food? And if the answer is no, well, then you can't track your macros because for you to know exactly how much protein, carbohydrate and fat you're eating in a day, you can't know that without getting out your food scale or getting out your measuring cup. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm 47 years old and I'm not competing anymore. So I just kind of want to look good. I want to be healthy. I don't want to get a disease and I want to have a shit ton of energy and I want to be able to live with physical freedom and movement for as long as I live. That's my goal. And if that's your goal, then I guarantee you, you are not going to want to spend hours weighing and measuring your food every single day. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of coaches, coaches out there that will say, oh, it's just really not that big of a deal and you get used to it. Well, I can tell you something. I did macro-based 
dieting for myself when I was competing. I did it for a couple of reasons. For one, I had to know that I was eating enough to properly recover and be able to, you know, sustain four or five hours of training per day. And then I also did it from an aesthetic goal. So when I was launching my new brand, I, you know, I have to have photography done and stuff. I am in the fitness and wellness industry. So I really wanted to be able to look my best at that time. So I had to weigh and measure in order to accomplish those two goals. Because in order for you to get down to like single digit body fat, you're most likely not going to be able to do that without counting macros at some point. So I can tell you that there was three years. I weighed and measured everything I put in my mouth for three years. That's like over a thousand days, guys. Think about that. Let me ask you, do you want to wake up every single morning and get out the scale and have to weigh and measure your breakfast and keep track of it in an app? Because that's what I did. Now, it worked at the time, and I'll share with you some of the negative consequences that I've been experiencing since then, but at the time, it actually fulfilled my goals. I was able to compete and recover from my workouts, and I looked freaking good. It was leaner then than I've ever been in my life, but I can tell you that I never sat down with my family at the same time they did and had a hot meal with them because dinner would be ready and here would be mom in the kitchen with the kitchens with the little scale out weighing and measuring my food. So my family understood it because it was necessary for my sport, but that is not what people should be doing when you really just want to be healthy and look good and be confident and comfortable and have a lot of energy and not get a disease. That's ridiculous. So it's highly time consuming and it takes a lot of attention, a lot of pre-planning, more than I believe people should have to be thinking about food. So have you ever really stopped to think about how much time have you spent in your very short lifetime? How much time have you spent thinking or worrying about food? For the vast majority of people out there, the answer is way too much time. Holy shit. Think about if you spent even half that time reading books or paying attention to the people that were in the room with you or doing something that actually was going to benefit you. Think about that. You spend, people spend way too much time obsessing about food as it is. So do you really want to be spending more time and your undivided attention on weighing and measuring? I think it's probably pretty safe bet that the answer for most of you is no. And because of that, here's the third bad. It's not sustainable. Now, I did it for three years, three years straight. And I'm talking like pretty much never missed a day. Even when I was on vacation, by the time, you know, like after doing it for three years, I could eyeball things and get pretty darn close. I still paid attention to all of that, even when I was on vacation. But that even for me as an athlete was not sustainable. I am not willing to do that now. I've learned a lot and I can eyeball things pretty well. But I'll tell you what, at this stage of my life, I don't want to weigh and measure my food, nor should I. So even though I did it for three years, three years isn't forever. And sustainable means, are you going to be able to do it forever? And the answer is absolutely not. I guarantee you, if you're doing it now, you are not going to be wanting to do that a year, two years, five years, or 10 years from now. So it's not sustainable. And here's the final bad is I'm telling you guys, it is not necessary. It isn't. For the video version of this podcast, I'm going to attach some pictures of one of our EML ambassadors, client of mine, Carly Walker. The pictures speak for themselves. We have before she started EML when she was counting macros, and then we have her afters of which she is 10 times leaner, has visible abs, 
feeling great, autoimmune disorders, getting back in check, all coming from not counting macros, but from counting colors. That's why I encourage people to count their colors, not count their macros. It's not necessary. And you don't have to freaking weigh and measure your plate in order for you to just visually see, are you eating at least three, ideally five, if not more colors per meal? It's so simple. So when you see these pictures of Carly, and if you're just listening to the audio version, make sure you go over to either my website or to YouTube and see the before and after pictures of Carly, because she already looked great when she was counting her macros, but she looks like a million times leaner and she looks so healthy and good, not counting macros and just counting calories. So again, guys, I just think it's one of those things where counting macros is another way for us to just make nutrition way too complicated. And for me, I often refer to it as just kind of a slightly higher level or slightly higher order version of Weight Watchers. Like Weight Watchers has done a lot of great things for people. But one thing it has not done is free them from the diet mindset and contentious relationship with food. So yeah, does Weight Watchers work? Well, for some people. But we already know that the diet and fitness industry has upwards of an 85% failure rate. So I don't know about you. You may know a couple of people here and there that Weight Watchers has worked for, but they're included in that 85% failure rate. So I don't think that that is success. Now... Let's get into the ugly side of this is I want to know if you're counting your macros, how are you determining those percentages? Who's doing that for you? Is it you deciding that you need 20% protein, 20% carbs, and 60% fat? Who's making that decision? And then what are they basing it off of? If it's you and you're just an everyday Joe, I probably guarantee you're doing it wrong. (laughs) If you have a so-called coach doing it for you, I want you to ask that coach, do they know these two things? Do they know if your hormones are balanced and how are they determining that? Because outside of going to a functional medicine practitioner, they don't know that. And number two, how do they know the health of your gut microbiome? Because you guys have heard me say it before, the two most important factors for your health and for weight loss are gut health and hormone balance. So we have all these macro coaches out there that don't know jack shit about hormone balance outside of just what they've read in kind of like a little guidebook. And they're not testing it most likely unless they're working hand in hand with a functional medicine practitioner. And most aren't. And they don't really know anything about your gut health. Have you done any kind of food sensitivity testing? And I'm not talking about just these quick little mail-in things. I'm talking like a stool test or blood test where you know exactly what kind of antibodies you have to food. The answer, guys, is no. Most macro-based coaches don't know anything about your hormones and they don't know anything about your gut health. So why in the heck are you allowing those people to tell you what your macro percentages should be? Really, why are you allowing that? Why are you taking advice from someone that really doesn't know the deeper story? It's your health. So what happens is most macro-based coaches and all of the apps out there, it's just a series of questions. It's, okay, your height, your weight, your body fat percentage, what are your goals, and what's your activity level? And then maybe what's your current body fat? And then it just spits out based on an algorithm for the apps, or the coach just spits out an answer based on what they've read in some kind of nutrition guide. Well, that may get you close, but I tell you, it does not give you the whole picture. So let me give you this example. If you have yo-yo dieted and you have really low metabolism, 
how does messed up hormones, right? Maybe you're perimenopausal or menopausal or postmenopausal. How are you taking that into consideration when you're determining how much fat you should be eating? So that's where a coach would say, okay, well, you're not very active. You have high levels of body fat. We don't need to have you on a lot of carbohydrates. So they'll pull your carbohydrates really low. But if you listen to another episode that I recorded about how to heal your metabolism, remember what I said. What happens with that person with a really low burning metabolism? They put on a bunch of fat and a bunch of protein on that low burning fire and they snuff that sucker out. And now they gain even more fat. See how that works? Because on paper or in an app, if you just go in and you say you're not very active and you are overly fat, I'm guaranteeing you it's going to spit out a low carbohydrate number to you. But putting a bunch of fat and protein in your diet, if you have hormone imbalances like that, is the worst thing that you can do for yourself. So that's where it gets ugly. And that's where I get passionate about it because I hate, I hate it when people tout that they know more than they do. Because this is your health, guys. It's way more important than just what do you look like in the mirror. This is important stuff. This means like, okay, what does your health look like in future years? Are you going to be able to live a life free from obsessing about food and a happy life, energetic, playing with your kids, your grandkids, hiking, traveling, doing all of those things? Most so-called fitness or nutrition coaches aren't even thinking about that shit. They're just using some random formula to tell you how much protein, fat, and carbohydrates you can be consuming when they really shouldn't be giving you that kind of advice. And, excuse me, the last really important factor is there are a lot, a lot of people out there who have in the past or are currently struggling with body image, eating disorders, or even just really contentious relationships with food, where they're not really using food to make themselves feel good and look good and to really take care of and nourish their body. They view food as some kind of battle. And that shit's just sad, right? Like food either comes from the ground or it comes from an animal. That's it. It's nothing for us to have to battle. And so I really strongly believe that counting macros is only reinforcing a very contentious relationship with food. And it is downright dangerous for those people who have suffered from eating disorders in the past. So I told you I would share a little bit of the consequences that I've experienced from counting macros for all those years. It really messed up my hormones. So I had, I consumed a lot of carbohydrates. For one, it was kind of necessary for me to do that because of just like really heavy weight training and really high intense workouts when I was competing. So at a necessity, I had to eat a lot of carbs, which meant that I wasn't able to eat as much fat. Well, I'm 47 now. So I'm going into a phase of my life where my hormones are already starting to really fluctuate. So drawing my fat down that low was really detrimental to balancing out my hormones. So as soon as I quit competing and I stopped eating so many carbs and just kind of was ramping up my fat intake again, man, guys, I had all sorts, all sorts of issues from it. I was having like ridiculously heavy, like debilitating kind of bleeding during my menstrual cycle, right? To like where I couldn't leave the house. I ended up with uterine fibroids from it, of which then I was told to have a hysterectomy of which, no, that was terrible advice. I was not going to have a hysterectomy. Instead, I went back to my functional medicine doctor and we worked together in order to balance 
my hormones back out. And I talked a little bit about that in my calories in, calories out episode with Dr. TJ Williams. If you haven't listened to that, head back and listen to that one too. But the deal is, guys, there's consequences to going that strict and that extreme with your diet. And I speak from personal experience. It's not fun to dig yourself back out of that. Now, was it worth the price of admission? Absolutely. In order for me to compete, I had to be that strict with my diet. And so for me, I wouldn't trade all that competing and the feeling I got from that, I wouldn't trade it. But for all of you that I'm speaking to out there, you're probably not a competitive athlete and that's okay. But then you shouldn't be so extreme with your diet either. It's completely unnecessary, and I promise you, if it's not causing health implications now, it will down the road. So here's a truth I'll leave you with today. We are making nutrition way too complicated. I've said it a million times, and counting your macros is just one more way to reinforce negative relationships with food, wasting time obsessing and thinking about food and ultimately takes you away from living your best life because you're spending too much time thinking about what to eat. Eat colors. Stop worrying about your calories. When you eat five colors in every meal, I promise you, you will not need to be worried about how many calories you're consuming or weighing and measuring your fat, protein, and carbs. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I always appreciate it. And I want to encourage you to, if you haven't yet, go back and listen or watch on YouTube to the Healing Your Metabolism episode because I cover a lot of really important diet-related issues in there. So you'll learn a lot from that one as well. And while you're there, be sure that you hit subscribe on YouTube or our audio platforms so that you don't miss an episode. We release something new every Monday and every Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.